Welcome in. Before we get rolling, I want to tell you about the awesome sponsors that are keeping this free for you guys. First on the list, we have Pacific Custom Calls. If you're looking for a waterfowl call at all, ducks, geese, cranes, whatever you're after, uh, Pacific Calls have got it. I personally run the uh, 509 Goose Call. been doing it for a couple years, and I love it. haven't had any issues with it yet. Uh, the guys over there are awesome. So if you're looking for a new call, you can find them at PacificCustomCalls.com. Uh, search them up, find what you need. If they don't have it, they will soon. Next, we have DuckSeason.com. Uh, this is a website where you can go on, uh, put in your location, where you're at, what you hunt, what you go after, and you can link up with people from across the country and see what they go after, where they're at, and you guys can trade hunts. Uh, it's an awesome deal. If you uh, don't have the money to do a guided hunt or you don't want to have a guide and you just kind of want to do somewhat freelance, this is a uh, great way to do it. So get on there, get signed up. just takes a couple seconds to uh, get your info in there and you're uh, on the list and people can search through your state and find you. And It's a great thing. I'm on it. Look for me there. Maybe we can trade a hunt someday. Now we have Easy Deeks uh, decoy rigging systems, decoy weight systems. They do Texas rigs, timber rigs, whatever you're looking for for your floating uh, decoys or decoy bags or anything like that. They got it there. Uh, check them out. A lot of cool stuff on there. Their website is the letters E-Z-Deeks, dot com. Um, a lot of cool things on there. Go check them out. Now we got Waylon Johnson and his guide service. He's down in the San Antonio area. He's chasing all sorts of ducks and geese down there along with some fishing. Uh, if you're down in the area looking for uh, some birds or for some fishing, give him a call. His number is 361-494-7868. Now for your decoy needs, you should go check out Big Al's Decoys. Uh, silhouettes of about any bird you can think of he's got on there. Uh, swans, ducks, geese, pigeons, turkeys, and uh, possibly some more cool things in the future big things. So uh, if you're looking for some decoys, go check them all out. They got bags and everything on the site. Uh, it's BigAlsDecoys.com, B-I-G-A-L-S-D-E-C-O-Y-S.com. And on to uh, a custom lanyard site. If you're looking to uh, get a new lanyard, hang your calls on, looking for something to get customized, uh, Landon does a great job. He's at uh, Darkwater Customs. You can find him on Instagram and put an order through him that way at dark underscore water underscore customs get on there check it out he does some awesome work um, not just lanyards he does haulers too so uh get after it go get him go get something cool from him now we've got steady wing outfitters that's mikey soberano over in northeast kansas he specializes in waterfowl turkey deer i know for waterfowl season coming up he's uh ready and raring to go so if you're looking for a hunt over in that area give him a call his number is 785 410-2304. And last but not least, we have Highline Retrievers. That's my dog training business up here in Northeast Montana. Uh, if you're looking to get your dogs trained, if you're looking for advice, uh, whatever you need, I'm always available. I'm always uh, willing to help out. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, all the places. And then if you need to get a hold of me, uh, my number is 406-783-7083. Thanks a lot. Thanks to all of our sponsors and enjoy the show. Well, Covey took wing, shotgun singing, a pointing dog down in the old logging road. And then he got three and looked back grinning. I fumbled around and I tried to reload. The country was cold. 
Welcome to the Woods and Water Podcast. This is Garrett. Today I've got Al with me, and Al is running Big Al's Decoys. So I guess, why don't you introduce yourself real quick, where you're at and what your name is and all that jazz. Sure. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Al Falkenstein, uh, owner of Big Al's Decoys, uh, Wadsworth, Ohio. Wadsworth? Okay, so where is that at? Uh, just south, just slightly, just south and west of Akron. Okay, so you're close to the city, somewhat. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> went to school in the Akron area. Suppose you probably went to school with LeBron James, then, huh? Well, no, actually, I went. I did go to uh, to uh, another uh, high school that was. Uh, we were we were the uh, the other guys, as in the the the. The competition or the, the, uh, uh, whatever the, uh, thing is there. So I, um, we, uh, didn't go to school with him though. <laughs> I'm a little bit older. A little bit older? Yeah. All right. Well, since you're kind of, I guess not in the city, but kind of close, how did you get started in the outdoors? Uh, I was, uh, Gosh, I always liked running around with the BB guns and pellet guns and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, a friends of mine took me hunting, uh, cousins, my friends and, and their dads, my dad did not hunt. Um, so, uh, just, uh, you know, just really enjoyed being outdoors a, a bunch, fished a lot too. So I just, uh, Graduated from the BB gun, pellet gun to a single shot, 16 Stevens and started going outdoors with that and harvesting whatever I could, rabbits and pheasant or duck or whatever. No geese back then though, when I had that gun, uh, we really didn't, did not get, uh, honkers, uh, in the area until, uh, probably around the mid seventies or so just, just did not have them here. Um, you know, Illinois to the west of us, you know, they were probably having epic shoots then, but, uh, we just not, did not, we had migrators way up there, but, uh, you know, none were, were down in, uh, in shooting range. Were you, so, were you like interested in waterfowl and geese back then? Or since they weren't in the area, did you just like, it wasn't even a thought? Uh, yeah. I was fortunate enough to grow up on a lake that had public hunting, public duck hunting, and so as a 12 year old kid, I would take my family's 12 foot aluminum boat with a six horse Johnson motor out and, uh, floating decoys and, and pull up in the brush here and there or do some makeshift blinds. And, and that's really how I got into it. So, uh, you know, ducks and duck hunting, duck calling, uh, was all, you know, was all it then. And just, uh, ate it up, just couldn't wait to go out in the early mornings and, and uh, take friends with me or, or whatever. So, so were you kind of figuring that out on your own too, or did, you know, your friends that knew what was I, going on help you out? Yeah, I was, I was kind of figuring it out on my own. And, uh, you know, I would occasionally go with my friends, dads or, or whatever, my friend tag along and, uh, they were hunting more in marsh areas and, uh, that type of thing. But big water was something that I, I kind of figured out on my own. Hmm. Yeah. So now are you still water fan or are you more of a field guy? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I love it all. 
Uh, I mean, I love duck hunting too. Uh, you know, obviously goose hunting is, is, uh, right up there. Uh, you know, I love a good duck shoot, but, uh, uh, I, I have not been on big water for a while. Uh, you know, occasionally I'll hunt in, in the marshes and stuff. Uh, but, uh, you know, right now I do spend a lot more time hunting fields. Okay. So back then when you were hunting the big water, was it, uh, like canvas backs and divers and stuff, or was it, what were you guys chasing then? Uh, most, mostly mallards, bluebills, occasionally in canvas backs, but, uh, mallards and bluebills usually were, were the common ducks, uh, you know, uh, mergansers, uh, some <laughs> golden eyes, that type of thing. So, you know, the, at that time, the only canvas back I had got was a hen and, uh, you know, so I, I'd really would have liked to have gotten a drake, but, uh, but I'll tell you what, I cooked that hen up and it was fantastic. It was, it was excellent eating. Yeah. Anyone that says that like a canvas back doesn't taste good or any of those diver ducks. I mean, there's certain ones like a merganser I'm a little bit iffy on, but I've heard a lot of people say that they taste like fish and i've never had that issue as long as they got good fat on them they've all tasted good to me right right yeah they they and they did have a little fat that did have some fat on it if i recall yeah it was very very good yeah so so you go from that um i guess did you just kind of stick around the waterfowl world for a while before you uh decided to start making decoys or was it pretty quick or how did it go Yeah, yeah garrett yeah, so 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 here's how it goes. Um, I'm a waterfowl junkie at a young age, and I shoot my first honker probably at about age uh, 17. And uh, uh, you know, I'm 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 you know really hooked, and getting that big goose was was awesome. Uh, and I kept waterfowl hunting till my early 20s or so. And then I got hooked into deer hunting. I'd always shot archery uh, through high school. A friend of mine was actually uh, uh, on the U.S. Olympic team, and um, he he lived here locally. And um, so, you know, I shot recurve and uh, was able to, to, you know, learn a lot from him as well. And long story short, I was, you know, into chasing whitetails and, building tree stands and hunting, you know, deer with the, with the bow and then even with the gun. And I, I just kind of got away from the waterfall hunting as, uh, as deep as I was, you know, and, and started chasing deer because the rut is usually about the same time as, you know, good waterfall starts to happen. So, you know, it's, you have to make a choice that, but I chose the tree stand for, for, for quite a number of years, uh, I'd say, you know, for, for about eight or 10 years. And, um, and I started hunting some big game then some black bear and elk as well. And, uh, did all that type of stuff. Um, and just as I started having kids, I started getting back into waterfall hunting and I have three boys. And, uh, so this is, uh, Oh gosh, about, you know, 30 years ago, uh, 25 years ago in my, my mid thirties, uh, I was having some, uh, we were married and had some uh, sons and then, uh, started taking them out waterfall hunting and, uh, got right back into it, so to say. 
And uh, then uh, about, oh, 12, 13 years ago, I was uh, waterfall hunting with a friend, and uh, we were in uh, Arkansas snow goose hunting, and there were some crude silhouettes there. And uh, my friend looked at me and said, gosh, you could make these so much better at the company. And the company that I work for is a family-owned business. And we, we print for major corporations that my dad started that company back in 62. And so I was very familiar with printing and, and, and printing on plastics and stuff like that. So uh, look, I just decided to get some goose forms and photos and, and create silhouettes and started printing them. And, and uh, you know, the first ones were probably not the best ones, but, uh, you know, surely that's how that all started. So did you start with Canada's? Yeah, I started with Canada's. Actually, I did a I did a back portion to them that kind of that slipped in, so there was an overhead view of the of the back. And uh, uh, but I I you know I talked to some outfitters and stuff, and they they just thought that sliding that extra piece in the back to make it a little more three D, if you want to call it, was uh, too cumbersome to do in the field, and they thought that just uh, putting the silhouettes out there and being able to put out, you know, a uh, hundred silhouettes or something, they wanted to do that fairly quickly. So, and so I, I dropped the back idea, the slide in backs and just have stayed with the flats uh, through this time. I gotcha. So those first pictures, I mean, were you just pulling them off the internet or how did you get the uh, realistic Yeah, photos? I probably just pulled them off the internet. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Are you still doing that yeah. to this day or what? No, I mean, to, to this day, I've got people, you know, and, and, and other individuals, photographers and stuff that, that actually supply me with photos. Uh, recently, uh, uh, Chris Huvel uh, supplied me with some great pics, and, and we did our arrestor pack with those. And, and Scott Trinan has also supplied me with some pics in the past here. And, uh, We've 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 done uh, silos uh, in that manner now. So, so how long did you? Uh, yeah. I guess two questions. How long did you stick with just Canada's before you uh, added more? And then, uh, I guess, how long did it take for it to take off? Like, were you just giving them out to buddies to start with, or I guess, how did that start working out? Right. Uh, I. Uh... I think ducks for sure worked in a, a, a few years later. So I stayed with geese and, uh, initially for, for, a, for a couple years. Um, they, uh, you know, we started out with wake, making those in, uh, uh, I would say about 13 years ago. And, um, uh, we just went out and put those in the, the, uh, photography you know mode and we decided they looked pretty good and i actually started you know at the time waterfall forums were very popular so uh you know we i i sent them out to a few people at these waterfall forums and and they reviewed them and looked at them and um you know they they kind of started using them and 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 talking about them from there so i would say the waterfall forums were the probably our first start 
as far as social media goes. Was there uh, any hiccups in the start? Like, did uh, I guess anybody get him and say these are crap and you had to work through it, or was it pretty good? Uh, you know, people like him from the start. Uh, yeah, it, it, from the start there was some. You know, initially there was uh, uh, some issues we had to do with you know the the mat overprint to make that even better. Um, you know, I think I think a lot of people initially struggle with that. You know, when you make a silhouette, the colors and and details all fine, but if there's any shine or, or sheen to those things, you know, that's a big no no. So, you know, certain certain angles of those when they pick up the sun. Yeah, so we we worked on that for for for, for some time, experimenting with different matte overprints on the materials and uh on the fluted coroplast and uh you know, trying to find the best way to to make that what I would call an ultra mat. And, um, you know, we were able to do that. Uh, I think it's probably the best mat in the industry at this time. So and we have a zero sheen or shine factor with a gloss meter. So I mean, zero, zero. And, um, but yeah, that was, uh, that was more or less how it, how it rolled there for, for some time. And then we, we went into the other species in the last years, whether it was black, well, you know, we went to black and whites as well, um, sleepers on the goose line, and then and rolled into ducks, mallards, and widgeon, and pintail, and, uh, you know, quite the gamut, and the snow geese, of course, specks, uh, Ken White uh, from California, uh, who is a uh, world champion California, uh, guy, uh, spec caller, uh, helped me a lot with the specs and the proper look and that type of thing. So, um, you know, and, and of course we've gotten, gotten into, uh, uh, cranes and, uh, pigeons and, uh, uh, various, you know, a few other types of waterfowl as far as, uh, uh, I mean, I don't announce it too much, but we know we even do swans, so um, and brant. So yeah, quite the variety. Yeah, I got you. All right, there's a couple there's a couple things in there that brought up. So my first thing is on snow geese, and this came from my cousin Drew. He had a question on it. Do you think that uh, the snow geese Silos actually work since they work more vertically than they do horizontally, like compared to Canada geese and whatnot. Or do you kind of have to have the right day for them where they're more horizontal than you know, like running high traffic? Sure, be glad to answer that. Um, running silos alone could be difficult, uh, but uh, in in my opinion, I would run silos and socks. It's a great portable spread. You can put out a ton of numbers, and the socks definitely help. I mean, on a no-wind day, as long as there's a backbone in the socks, you should be fine. But uh, so if there is some wind, I mean, that's even better. So silos and socks work great. No one's, I mean, yeah, if you're, you're hunting migrators and, and they're way up there, sure, I, I could see where, where he's coming from. But you, most people are with, you know, within a close range to a roost. 
And those birds are never going to get that high, that, you know, half mile high, we'll, we'll say, and, and have an issue. So, I, again, I, I think you're fine with, with silos and snows. And, of course, as they get lower, you know, and work, and work the spread, they'll definitely pick up on all those. And, you know, not every silhouette that they'll see is going to be the skinny or the top. You know, your, your, your spread is deep. It's, it's, it's thick. And, you know, they, they might not see certain ones, but, you know, other ones they will be able to see, maybe toward the back of the spread initially or, or whatever. So, um, but, yeah, can be done. And, and, and I've done it. Okay. Um, have you guys thought about branching into socks or anything at that at all or just sticking in silos? Uh, not at this time. Um, you know, I, I – I don't know. I mean, we're we're moving a lot of silo product at this time, so socks uh, would be interesting, but we're just not there yet. I got you. Yeah. Now, my other question in that deal you had going on: what is the proper spec look like? What what was your issue with them that it wasn't right? Like, what did you guys change up, and why is it good now? Uh, we use better photographs. <laughs> that's that's one thing. And postures, photographs and postures. You know, the whole thing is with decoys is, you know, getting the right postures. And, you know, if they all look stiff out there, you know, it, it it's, you know, it's not that relaxed look. And, you know, just because you have a sentry and a feeder doesn't mean that does it all. So you you need to have the various postures, poses, just, uh, you know, just to have that entire look. And that's why in a lot of cases we offer six or seven different poses within our silhouette packs, uh, you know, on a minimal of four different poses. But, uh, you know, we, we, I feel that that's very important. Okay. Now on your swan decoys, I do quite a bit of swan hunting. What, what kind of setup I guess, would you recommend a guy does for swans with the silos? Because I've only ever done them with uh, water floaters. I've never tried to put out field decoys for a swan. If you have not heard yet, we are doing an awesome waterfowl gear giveaway to uh, start out season here. It's going to be a six-week giveaway, one prize every week for six weeks. Uh, Every episode will have one winner drawn in it and announced. The first winner will be drawn September 6th. The next one will be September 13th, September 20th, September 27th, October 4th, and October 11th. The sponsors that are putting this on, a ton of thanks to them. That's uh, Darkwater Customs. Uh, he makes lanyards and haulers. Uh, Pacific Calls is putting in two calls, a duck call and a goose call. Easy Deeks is putting up some uh, timber rigs. We got a case of shotgun shells from Highline Retrievers. And uh, Big Al's Decoys is putting in five dozen decoys with a bag. September 6th is going to be the lanyard. September 13th will be the uh, Deuces Duck Call from Pacific Calls. Timber Rigs will be September 20th from Easy Deeks. September 27th will be an Ivory 509 Goose Call from Pacific Calls. October 4th will be the case of Shotgun Shells. And then October 11th will be five dozen Big Al's Decoys with the bag. So that's the lineup. Uh, to get signed up, you have to go to the pinned post 
on the Woods and Water Instagram page. It's W underscore W underscore podcast. All the details to enter are in there. Uh, it's pretty simple. Yeah, take three friends in the comments on that. Follow all of the Instagram pages for all of the sponsors. You have to be subscribed to the podcast. Once you've done those, screenshot the proof that you are subscribed to the podcast. Send that in a direct message to the Woods and Water podcast page. I'll see that. I'll go through make sure you've done all the other things. Subscribe to everyone else and take three friends. Once you've done that, I'll enter you in. Uh, there's a chance to get a bonus entry if you share it to your story. That will also pop up for me if you shared it, shared it to your story. So I'll, I will enter you in a second time for that. Again, thank you to the sponsors that are putting this on. It's an awesome giveaway. A lot of cool things in here. You guys aren't going to want to miss it. Uh, make sure you tell your friends about it. Let's get a bunch of people in this. Um, the more people we get involved, the more cool giveaways like this we can do. And uh, this is actually really, really cool, awesome one I'm very excited about. So I really hope you guys are too. Uh, if you have any questions, you message me. Make sure you get entered and good luck. Well, you know, they're they're traditionally in pairs, but, uh, you know, I'm not saying that they're, you know, always going to be that way. They, they'll... They're in groups, obviously, in flocks, but they, uh, so again, pairs, pairing them is a good, is a good look, uh, here and there. Um, I, I will be honest with you. I am not a swan expert. So, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure, you know, the silhouettes definitely help. Uh, there's been, uh, a lot of people, that's all they've used in the past were, you know, crude silhouettes, uh, hand cut painted, that type of thing. But, uh, uh, and floaters of some sort, uh, in the field. I mean, I, I think there's, you know, a lot of opening there for, for product as far as swans go. But, uh, you know, right now we're just happy to offer them in silhouettes and, um, I think it'll make a big difference. They're, you know, obviously very light, and uh, large, and uh, uh, a lot of people use swans for confidence decoys as well. So, um, you know, they, they, they use them in Europe that way too. So um, we'll have to see on that one. I'm just That's kind of a newer area for us. Okay. So it's a pack of four, right? That, that's the swan setup that you guys sell? Right. Okay. So if you kind of set it up, I'm just trying to figure out if how a guy would do it. Like if you just had like had two pair, you know, kind of off by themselves. Because the way that we do it, if we do get them in the field, it's kind of like an off chance. Like some just happen to be flying over. I don't know if you get them to look like – like what I'm saying is that like if we're Canada hunting, we have a Canada spread set out. You might get an off chance yeah. that they fly low over top of us. I don't know if you set out, you know, like – Two sets of pairs kind of off to the side a little bit if they'd give them a look and if they'd turn over it at all. I really don't know. Like I said, I've never done it in the field really targeting them. So it'd be right, new to me. Right. Yeah. I mean, I you know, they're, they're, uh, to my knowledge, I've seen more swan hunting in, in, in North Carolina than I have in, in the Dakotas or, or wherever. So as far as, you know, videos and that type of thing goes, to actually see that being done on a regular basis by guides and stuff that, that do that day in and day out. So, um, you know, I, I imagine there's some learning curve there and, you know, unfortunately I'm not going to 
you know, talk about exactly how to hunt swans when, when yeah. I am I am not the expert there. Oh, I got you. I totally understand. I was more talking it out in my head right. myself because it was something I was interested in. I was I was looking into it, but I, I just really don't know at all. So I was, I was trying to kind of figure it out in my head, something like that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Put, live and learn, right? Yeah. I mean, worst comes to worst, it doesn't work, and it's the same thing as we've been doing before, but it'd probably be yeah. more of a water thing, like if you set them on shore, you know, in the water, too, because we got our floaters, if we kind of had them, like, pairs on the shore, kind of more of a, a confidence right. deal. But Correct. Might have to grab right. a couple and uh, try her out, and then I can give you some tips for the next guy that tries to quiz you on something you don't know about. That sounds good. <laughs> All right, so I got a handful more questions from my cousin also. He wanted to know, are you guys thinking about getting into, uh, like, big game silos, like uh, Montana decoys, those type of deal? You know what I'm you talking know, about. You know, I thought about that, and I, and, 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 and I might be messing around with something in the, in the near future in that area. So, uh, you know, I, I can't say what. Uh, thought about it for sure, yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, are you an archery yeah. hunter? I am. So you would be into making a deal that would strap to your bow then if by chance you were going to make something in the big game world. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you could go that way. I mean, I, I have also made turkeys too. We have a turkey pack. Yeah. We call it the party pack. And some guys have have used our, our gobbler, our three-quarter strut gobbler, you know, put that on their bow for uh, the reaping, uh, you know, what, uh, style of bow hunting. Yes. So for sure. Yeah. I'm familiar with that. Okay. We're, uh, well, we're yeah. hot and heavy into, uh, antelope season, archery antelope season right now up here in Montana. And we're rolling into elk season here next week. So that's kind of the decoys are kind of on the brain for, uh, archery season. So that's why I bring that right. Up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I, I, it's it's something that uh, we might be doing here in the near future for sure. Awesome. I won't pry too deep then. I'll just uh, wait and see what happens. Right. Um, all right. So I'm, I'm just kind of right now running through a couple of uh, listener-type questions. And then so if sure. it feels like I'm quizzing you and throwing questions at you, that's why. Um, you kind of already went over it, and I don't want you to throw anything else under the bus, but why is uh, Big Al's better i guess you would say than uh, other brands on the market of silos what what makes you guys stand out a bit well uh you know a lot of what we did in the beginning was was almost we'll say as an engineering and you know we just didn't put a silhouette out there and 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 hope that it would work you know we we had and we still do one of some of the largest forms in in the industry and you know we did that for a reason and and, and in, in some cases slightly bigger is better than slightly smaller in the silhouettes and and why is because anything that's higher especially in profile slightly higher it allows for the oncoming waterfowl to not see this the the skinny or the very top of the piece uh, it's it's very similar to if you got on a a tall ladder and took a photo down angled down into a spread you know what backs could you see 
you know, the very tops of them or what side profiles could you still see from being up on that tall ladder looking down or whatever over a spread. So naturally, if they're shorter, that you'll see the tops of them sooner. So again, you know, with the larger forms and, and they were, uh, you know, I want to say uh, robust, but, you know, they were, they were on the larger side. And, I mean, we smalled them up just a little bit, but that's been our whole our whole gig from the beginning and, you know, uh, engineering them as far as, you know, stakes and, and, and the size and the, uh, you know, poses and the whole nine yards. So with that in mind, I mean, and, and, you know, one of the other things is a, a big thing is we're made here in the USA. Not a lot of decoy companies can say that. So, you know, we're made right here in Ohio and, um, you know, we've 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 been uh, doing this all right along, uh, family-owned business, and and that I would think would make a big plus for people out there. But uh, you know, uh, we our uh, our colors that we choose are also in photos. You know, much more more realistic than some of our competitors. I think we're a little bit more spot on on the in the color line than some of our competitors are, and of course the matte overprint, which is uh, which is superb, I feel. So, uh, and and the number of poses that we offer. Yeah, that's a big. Uh, a one. lot of people just offer offer four poses max, three poses, you know, in a, in a dozen, and you know it's you need a little bit more than that, in my opinion. How many poses did you guys start out with? Well, I mean, we probably four, I would say, starting out. So were they just usually like we a, had a feeder, uh, we, we had a feeder A and a feeder B, and then maybe an upright and then a searcher. Usually that that was that was about it. But uh, you know, then we we started doing sleepers and in our packs. And I went to this chest facing a, a, a few years ago that, you know, there's a few competitors that picked that up and offer a chest facing bird in their pack as well. But, uh, you know, we were one of the first ones to offer the chest facing, which is, which is awesome. The great look in the field to see that big, big gray breast yep. on a honker, you know, and uh, sleepers the same way, you know we we came out with sleepers and the whole packs of sleepers and and so you know uh, and black and whites as well. And, yeah. Um, so that that was something I was going to ask. How did you guys come up with the idea to just do the old classic straight up black and whites, or was it something from the start, or what? I can't. I can't recall 100% how that all started with the black and whites. Um, you know, I mean, it's a lot of the old school type thing and, you know, and, and I think uh, it's possible that some of my friends and partners may maybe mentioned that to me. Uh, you know, that in a lot of the states that, that are, you know, big heavy goose states, maybe Minnesota, or, you know, over on the East Coast, Delaware, and, 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 and those states are big black and white states. And 
those those areas have have always uh you know done well with black and white so uh, uh Maryland and that type of thing so I think we we offered that to to those folks that are in those areas and uh the same with Illinois you know there used to there's a used to be a ton of clubs there in Illinois as well southern Illinois used to be the honker capital of the world you know that's that's changed and unfortunately it's no longer um moved but, over uh, to minnesota you know those those pardon me said it moved over to minnesota moved over to minnesota is right yeah yeah they're they're uh doing pretty well at times so yeah just uh so minnesota those... does does a lot of goose shooting there yeah um so on those black and whites, are you seeing guys just run full spreads of black and whites? Or are they mixing in regular ones here and there? Or the guys that are running them, what are they usually doing? They're doing both. They're either running straight up black and whites or mixing those in. And, and you know, that really gives depth to the spread as well as a great visual, you know. And and um, so, you know, from a distance, those geese can really pick up on the black and whites. Uh, it also puts a lot of depth in the spread. Uh, you can replicate a, a real heavy feed by putting black and whites in your spread as well. Uh, you know, right down the middle of your spread and surround those by, you know, colored decoys uh, and uh, mix, you know, run your black and whites down the middle areas uh, here and there. And it just makes that look really thick. So, like, especially those are, that would be a great set on, you know, a uh, heavy feed day, we'll call it, or snowy day or, or whatever that, you know, when the geese want to get out there and feed real hard, maybe before a storm or something like that, it, it, that makes a great look. Makes them pop. Oh, yeah. Now, you said something on a snowy day or snow. So up here in Montana, we get quite a bit of snow. Have you guys looked into getting an option of longer stakes at all for when we got some deeper snow? <laughs> Making those things stay in the snow. I, so I they do don't just have a longer over. stake. Yeah, okay. you do. Yeah, no, I, I have a longer stake. It. It's, yeah, it's on my website. Twenty-six inch long. Okay. Where our normals are twenty. Okay. Yeah. So we do have tall stakes on there, definitely, and it's for, the same for the guys that like to lay under the decoys. Yeah. You know, and that type of thing. So, yep, that's we've got the twenty-six inch long stakes now. I got you. I got you. Yeah, because we we've yeah. run into that issue when you get into the later season we get some pretty breezy days and if you're just stick them into snow there's no telling how long they're going to stay standing up they're pretty much well you know they're a piece of cardboard out there in the wind they flip over not obviously cardboard but you know what i'm saying right sure sure but yeah yeah and of course you can tap them in with a rubber mallet yeah and get them in that crunch yep you know or that first top layer or whatever and uh that usually holds them up pretty well Mm mm-hmm now, let me see if I got any more listener questions. Give me a second here. I had a whole bunch of them get texted in at once. So I want to make sure I ran through all of them. Um, I had like three guys ask me if you will give out um, any of your guys' future plans, like tease anything at all, anything new coming. You kind of already touched on it a little bit with big game, but is anything new and big coming out at all? Well, we just dropped our arrestor pack, uh, just, I believe last week. So, uh, you know, that's, 
that's a been a great item so far. Uh, have a lot of interest in that. Um, I mean, we 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 just we just revamped our snows, and I have not actually released those. So there you go. You hear heard it here first. <laughs> so I'll be releasing those probably next week. So uh, toward the end of the week. As of a revamped, what do you mean by that? Okay, I'm now offering a, a lot more poses, a lot more updated. Uh, we went through the the whole lineup and and changed it up a little bit. So uh, these snows look even better than my other snows that we've had for years. I actually picked up some blues as well, and uh, we've got a, a separate blue goose pack that we'll offer as well. Um, and, uh, however, the snow geese will release first okay. and the blue geese are, are, are still being worked on, but very close to being done. Finding out that a lot of guys, even though we had a combination of blues and snows and even juvies, we, we have a beautiful, a great juvie, you know, in our snow packs as well, but finding out that a lot of guys just like an, we'll call an all white spread. Uh, you know, and then a lot of guys are in areas where they don't even see a blue goose. And, uh, you know, so, uh, we're just, we're just going to offer them that way as a all white pack, we'll call it. Uh, and then we'll have a separate blue goose pack. Okay. Blue phase, blue phase. That makes sense. Do you, Yeah. so you've got like a cackler pack and you've got the, um, uh, lessers, yeah, lessers, and then you got uh, graders and mm-hmm. all that for Canada's. On snow geese, do do you guys uh, ever you ever thought about making a little bit bigger one for those guys out on the east coast with the greater snows, or just kind of it is what? No, it is? I have not. No, these are all yeah, they're all the same size. But yeah, right there there are the the larger snows, and I and I know I've I've harvested a few of them, and uh, but I I uh, these are all one size. Have not done anything with the with a, a, a very large one. So I think these are just a little bit bigger than the snows that we've had formerly, but uh, they're not, they're not, uh, you know, noticeably different unless you, I mean, almost have to put one on top of the other. Okay. So. Now the last listener one was, what does the uh, Big Al's crew look like? Like how big is the, uh, I guess, crew is putting out these decoys, building everything and, putting them together and whatnot the factory yep uh well <laughs> uh we employ right around 100 people Holy and we have we 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 have different uh facets or i'll say of printing modes we print lithography we screen print which the decoys are screen printed and we even have digital printing and so forth. Uh, you know, we have an, we have a full staff of artists, uh, creative, uh, and as well as uh, you know people that help put that together in what we call pre-press. And so, but we're printing for you know a variety of companies. So, you know, Big Al's Decoys is one of those companies I'll say that you know we that that, that I came up with. So, it's a subsidiary of of Albert Screen Print. And so, I mean, at different times, we, you know, it just depends on our pack outs and stuff that we, 
you know, we have uh, dedicate, you know, maybe 25 people to packing and diking. Well, these all get punched out at our facility as well. You know, there's people that do that and run the die cut punching machines. And so, you know, we start with, from raw material and, and work it all the way through right down into putting them in the box with the stakes. Perfect. So, have yeah. you guys been in those stakes in house by hand, or did you get those outsourced? No, we've been. We yeah. We I I mean I we don't do metal fabrication. So I'm fortunate that I've got a friend that's in the in the business and that metal fabrication, and their their company is just like ten minutes from ours. So uh, that's one of the companies that we use, and as well as uh, a couple other companies that I that I use that they're just out of state. Okay, that's cool. That's actually really cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That Trying was Trying to it. keep as much of it local as possible. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. That was all the yeah. listener questions, so now don't feel like I'm quizzing you anymore. I just had to pound through yeah, those, okay. otherwise I would have gotten in trouble. <laughs> well, I hope we answered them. <laughs> yeah. So now let's talk a little bit of hunting. Um, where all have you gone to chase uh, birds around? Start with birds. Oh, gosh. All, I mean, uh Arkansas several times, uh, North Dakota, Saskatchewan, Alberta, Alaska, uh, uh, you know, quite a, quite a number of places actually. Where was your favorite? Oklahoma. I'm sorry, miss. I can keep, keep, keep going on. Where's my favorite? Yeah. Gosh. Uh, Canada has been really great. I mean, Saskatchewan and, and Alberta are, you know, well, Canada is pretty awesome. Uh, so, you know, uh, uh, had some great shoots as well up in, 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 uh, in, uh, Ontario, uh, as well. Um, so, uh, I can't say I ducks, ducks, you know, Arkansas, I, I was, I, I had a, a great, you know, uh, timber hole shoot or two down there. Just classic. It's just so cool to, to bring them down into the timber, into a hole. I mean, and, and, you know, we, we did that several times. I mean, that's just, it's just awesome. I mean, you're in your waders in the swamp all day, but it's a hoot. Um, but, uh, uh, Alberta, in Saskatchewan, both for numbers of geese, you know, just, just, just awesome numbers. Had some great hunts even here in Ohio, you know, with my, my with my family, uh, you know, later in the season when it's very cold and, and snow here. And, you know, we've, I've had Joe Hines here a few times and, and, and hunted with him here and had some great shoots. And so uh, here, even here in Ohio, we've just had some bangers. Now, Mr. Heinz has been on the show two times now. Do you have any uh, funny stories to make fun of him a little bit? Because it seems like he makes fun of everybody else, but nobody's got dirt on him. <laughs> no, I don't have much on him. I, I don't, although, although you know, one that he probably told for a little while was about uh, my friend's, uh, my son's friend. It's uh, named, named JT, and we were all out together. And JT, we set, had the spread set. You know, and this and that, and 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 we were running a little bit late. We put out a, a a lot of decoys, and he was on a quad, and 
went to go park the quad, which was a little distance away, and by the time he could even think to get back, the birds were rolling in off the roost. So, I mean, we were just banging them, and, you know, he's probably laying, you know, out there kneeling a good ways away and just, you know, watching us have all this great shooting. So he finally gets back into the blind, you know, and he missed the first first couple volleys, which were really good. And, uh, you know, he's, he's in the blind, and actually he's right next to me. And uh, Joe's at the other end. And, uh, you know, we, we all did some shooting and, you know, finished out. We were really close to, I think we actually got our limit, but very close to the end. One single came through and JT blasted at it. It was on his side and, you know, from the, on the left going to the right a, a couple times. And uh, we even had a photographer with us and it started with snapping pics of this whole thing. And uh, shot two for sure. I don't know if he un- un- unloaded his gun or not, but, it was, you know, it, it was hard to, for him to swing and shoot anymore to, to the right. Bird went over there to Joe. Joe pops at one time. Bird drops down. It's banded. Of course, you know, Joe Hines, like he needs another band, right? So, <laughs> so the photographer even, you know, checks back in his in his uh, uh, film there and sees, you know, zooms in and sees the band as it was flying, you know, through, you know, on its leg. So that was pretty cool. So, yeah, that was that was uh, made Joe's day, I guess. Sure, so. hope so. He's got five lanyard folds or whatever. Needed one more. Steal it from well, a kid. Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> from a kid that did all the work, helped set up. You know, had to park the quad away back in Grandpa's barn. You know, and then then uh, took it from him. But yeah. <laughs> well, he had a couple shots anyway at it. So that's just how <laughs> it goes. Joe's Joe Joe, I guess, can be lucky. Yeah. So. You're in there. Um, right. So we kind of, you kind of talked about a little bit. You are goose guy, did ducks too. Um, what would you prefer now? Would you rather chase ducks or geese? And then would you rather do dry field or water? Oh boy. Uh, I know it's a tough one. (laughs) It's tough. It's so tough. But you know the the answer is probably ducks. Uh, just just love those ducks and uh, drier water. I I I think I think field. To be honest Ooh. with you, you know having a great field duck shoot is just a hoot. So, yeah. Now that's, that would be the that would be the one. Snow mallards, dry field snow mallards are my absolute favorite. I've been on some really good ones where they just eat it up. Right. Set out a good uh, mallard spread out on the field with just a little bit of snow on it. It's the best. Right. Not when it's so cold that you're miserable, but just cold enough that you know that they're coming in to eat. It's like you can't do any wrong. Right. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that would be a good one. And, you know, I for sure, I mean, I like, I like hunting, you know, when it's cold. But like you said, not so, so it's miserable. Yeah. But. Yeah. Those guys that go out there, those guys that snow goose hunt from, uh, well, pretty much all year round, follow them north and follow them back south. So they're just in the cold, crappy, muddy weather the entire time. I can't imagine doing that. I can only do that for like a week or so when I'm over it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, grinding's pretty hard, I'll tell you. It can be. And, and, you know, long days and short nights, you know, before long you're back up at it. So, 
it's uh it's definitely tough and i wouldn't say it's for a younger guy but you know obviously you've got to get in tune to it and it's uh it can be tough you know there's there's plenty of days that uh you know that the geese get you you know you don't get the geese so you know they just uh figure you out they don't work you know your spread doesn't work or or they're not there and they don't play that same field and yeah, it's it's uh, a tough go and uh you know that as spring rolls on too you know that some of that mud you know especially like in arkansas where it's actually gumbo oh my gosh it gets around your feet and you're carrying an extra you know 10 pounds of mud around your boots and i mean it's just it's it's pretty grueling you know but it's but you know it's it it's uh Water falling is not easy, you know. It's you got to be, uh, you know, a little bit tough to hang in there. That's for sure. Well, if we didn't love it, we wouldn't do it. That's for sure. There's a reason we still right. do it. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's why all the gears around water falling is so built tough type of uh, you know uh, theme, you know, because water fallers are tough on their gear, whether it's guns or boots or waders or jackets or whatever i mean it's uh you know it's a pretty grueling sport but the reward you know the reward is is pretty awesome it can be great you know yeah it just depends you know if what uh you know to some people it's a bird for the wall for other people it's great table fare you know well, i'm on the and, table fair side big old mallard with a fat yeah, breast right? some fat on it <laughs> i know bomb yeah Oh yeah, garlic butter. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. We could go a whole twenty minutes just on cooking them. I wouldn't even let you talk. You're right. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, what? I guess if I were to say, what's your most memorable waterfowl hunt? What pops out at you? Uh, hmm. Gosh. I've uh, been on many and I've seen some great shots too from individuals and, and, uh, you know, that's, that's always, you know, somebody makes a fantastic shot and it's not, I'm saying always the high bird. It's, you know, it's just something that, you know, almost they in a layout blind almost have to, you know, turn around and get one shot off behind them or that type of thing. And, you know, and, uh, you know, I've, I'm just saying it, that's one aspect of it. Um, my most memorable hunt that would, uh, uh, probably, you know, I've, I've hunted with my family and I would have to say my, my family is, uh, my three sons are, you know, a big part of my hunting. Uh, and, and, you know, any of the hunts that I've been on with them are, are always uh, pretty good. And we, try to make the most of it, even if, you know, if, if we're not getting a bunch of game, but, uh, uh, I, boy, uh, well, I was in, uh, I was in Oklahoma a few years ago and, uh, hunting with my sons and friends. We actually had quite a large group. And on that day, I mean, we hunted in a practical typhoon over a, over a pond, you know, with floaters and some silhouettes along the shore. 
And I mean, it was just a, when I say typhoon, it was more like, I want to say a deluge, just water and rain and lightning. And it rolled in, you know, mid morning as we were hunting and we obviously didn't have our limits yet, but, uh, we endured it. I mean, it was crazy high winds and lightning and pouring rain. And we just stayed out there and, and we actually got birds and I've, I think we got very close to our limit for the group of guys, but those conditions were, I mean, we were all soaked to the bone and, you know, our A-frames were all soaked and trying to roll those things back up. They all gained 50 pounds per cover, all soaking wet and still extreme wind. And as we were packing up and even trying to talk, we couldn't even hear each other. So, I mean, that, in that respect, it was, uh, it was uh, you know, very memorial uh, because it was of the conditions. So... You know, the conditions in that, that hunt were, were something else. It wasn't snow. It wasn't a blizzard, but just driving rain, high winds, lightning. I mean, yeah, we if we weren't, you know, somewhere else, we probably would have went in. But uh, we stuck it out. So that was one I won't forget. It's some of those like that that uh, stand out to you. Like one of the ones that would stand out to me would be the one when I – went over my waders in the water on drop off. Yeah. We didn't even get any birds that yeah. day. Well we got one we got one hen mallard on that day, but that's the one if someone said, What's your most memorable hunt? That one instantly pops my mind. Mostly because I almost drowned, yeah. but <laughs> I mean I have some funny stories as such like that when when I was duck hunting and we were in a blind and we had the boat we thought pulled up to shore and in an area and uh we, uh, you know, we're, we're hunting and sitting there and looking over the decoys for a while and this and that. And the guy I was with looked over to the left and said, uh, that's our boat. And it was floating out into the lake and it was November ish and it was awfully cold water. And, and, uh, we were sitting there with no boat and he just up and went into the water and got the boat, you know, and went up to his chest or so. And that ended that hunt. Uh, but you know, uh, stuff like that. <laughs> and there were no cell phones then either. So, uh, you know, for some call somebody to come and help get the boat. So, you know, but, uh, yeah, as you hunt, you have all kinds of experiences. That's for sure. It's definitely a live and learn situation. Yeah. As long as you live. As long as you live. Right. <laughs> live to tell about it. Yeah. Right. What what year yeah. did you guys get started? Did you mention that for the decoys? Uh, I, I well, I said about thirteen years ago. So 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 you know, right around two thousand ten. Okay, so yeah. you were ahead of the uh, whole silhouette resurgence then. I was I was with the same manufacturers that 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 uh, well I shouldn't say saying there was just a couple of us at the time that were making silhouettes and, and, or, or, or becoming new to silhouettes. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we were, we were in that, uh, all together in the, in the very beginning. Yes. We're all, we're all kind of an infant stage with the exception of one company, uh, that's been around for a long time. And, and they're also in Ohio, but, uh, uh, you know, they've, they've been around for a long time. And actually, and their name is Real Geese. I'll just say it. And 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 they've been a they're a fine company, and they've been around for a long time. And you know, some of the 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 people that uh, 
helped found that company were some of the major influencers in the, the silhouette decoys uh, from, from, I want to say, the beginning, because we all have made silhouettes, including myself from plywood back in the day. But, uh, but yeah, they, they, they really kind of promoted hunting over silhouettes. So, obviously, there was the uh, craze there where they went all the way up to uh, the Magnum shells and all that stuff. When you guys started pumping out silhouettes again, did you think it would pop off as uh, quick and as big as it did? Or did you just think it was going to kind of be a you know a little side gig? Uh, I, yeah, timing on that was kind of, kind of crazy. I really don't know. Um, you know, we promoted our products, you know, definitely, and, 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 and had them on, our, you know, our social media to, to begin with on our Facebook page and stuff like that. But, you know, it, it did, it did grow and, and, you know, grew kind of rapidly actually, uh, weren't ready. I mean, weren't quite ready for that. And, uh, it was pretty awesome. But, uh, on the other hand, you know, it opened the door for some of the other people that were making other types of decoys, full bodies and stuff, etc. And, you know, even those people hurt, you know, getting into the silhouette game here in the last couple of years. So, I mean, I don't want to say, you know, enough's enough, but whatever, you know, we still try to, Charles still try to stand apart from the pack. Yeah. Well, what do you say? Do you want to talk some big game stuff or do you want to save that for another episode? Well, you're a big game hunter, right? Yeah. What do you like to hunt? <sighs> Anything with four legs. Anything that moves, honestly, <laughs> but no, I, I do it all. I'm a, um, archery hunter from way back uh since i was a tiny little kid and i mean i started out chasing rabbits and birds when i was two so if you want to talk about it i've probably hunted it well that's cool by the way how is your migration you're over in more in the eastern montana correct yep i'm northeast corner so we haven't started migrating yet but we've got uh we're finally out of our drought somewhat we're not we're not yeah. dry this year after the past four years. So there's potholes here that have been dry for five years that have water and birds in them now for the first time in five years. So that's really cool. And numbers are really high, not just yeah. in the uh, waterfowl, the uh, 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 upland birds. I've been seeing a pile of pheasants well, in the ditches this year. Good. Now, as far as like, you know, in general, your your the migration through that part of your state. So, I mean, like I talked to guys last year that, maybe had gone to Montana previously and they told me they did not do well in Montana as, or as well in Montana, like last year. Do you normally have a pretty good migration through, through that part, part of the state? That's kind of hit and miss. It, it really depends on the year. Cause we have some years where we've got good water, good crops and, um, the snowpack. It, it really depends on that too. Cause like last year was really bad because our snow came early, cold snap came early and our, uh, birds. So we had our baby, I've said this hundred times on the show, but we've had, our, we had our baby right at the, uh, uh, end of September. And so like that week or two there where I couldn't hunt cause I had to be close to home. Um, they pretty much all came through and were gone. Cause we got our first snow, like beginning of October, end of September. And it was real cold, mm -hmm. like unseasonably cold for the past while. So last year was real bad, but normally, I mean, we get an all right one. Like we'll get, we'll get some good late season hunts of uh, mallards and stuff like that. And 
I mean, we get swans through here and everything. It's a good migration if we have a good year. But just last year was a real, it was a real weird bad year. Everything kind of went west. Yeah, and same, it was quick. it was the same. Yeah, same for us here in Ohio. It was a weird year for sure. So I, I mean, I, I, I'm hoping we get kind of get back to the way it was. What did you guys see that it was weird previously? We just didn't have the numbers like. We got a blizzard and a big freeze up just about the time we normally get our migrators, and uh, <clears throat> everything must have went over top of us. That's all I can think. That because they just never stayed around here, and then we had no open water for a lot of the migrators as well. So I don't know. I just don't know where, where they went. If they even made it down this far, or if they went, uh, you know, over top of us uh, overnight, uh, you know. Uh, I just don't know. We just did not have anything close to the numbers that we had in years previous. Huh. So, just weird. I've kind of heard that. Well, I talked to Joe, too, about the uh, migration. He said over there in Minnesota they had a, was it, terrible September, October or something? They just said it was just terrible. Same type of deal. Mm-hmm. Nothing came through, and then it was just weird numbers. Yeah, it was very, like, sputtering, you know, like a little bit here and a little bit there. And um, all in all, it ends up just being stale birds. I mean, birds that have seen it all. You know, you, you need fresh birds to to really keep it going, you know. So it's just, uh, that's just kind of how it went. But uh, where, what part of your state there in Montana does the best? I mean, is it in, in the west of Fort Peck? I guess you're slightly north and east of Fort Peck. Is that right? Yeah, I'm north and east. Um, so like in my area around the Fort Peck area, Glasgowish area down there is fairly good. But if you can get down like on the Yellowstone river, down close to Billings and whatnot, it's really good down there because yeah. Billings is kind of like the banana belt. So they get good weather. I mean, they hold birds for a long time. We'll go down there in uh, January, February, and they'll still have geese sitting around sometimes depending yeah. on the snow and whatnot. But it, uh, right. It, the farther South you go the better yeah now is ennis around glasgow as well oh ennis is farther south i haven't heard or had to deal with ennis since i was in high school football so you'll have to forgive me i see all i know is there's some big elk around big bulls around that part of your you know eastern montana that's for sure some giants you know so that's definitely definitely no yeah, that, no, for sure. No, Ennis is way down in there. It's uh, south and east of Bozeman. Or south and west of okay. Bozeman. Way down well, there. Well, the Glasgow area anyway, but yeah, any anything anything east of the divide, I, I've heard of nothing but some giant giant elk over that way. How about grizzlies? Do you have any grizzlies? I heard they're kind of rolling that way and getting out to the prairies some over that way. Are you seeing any or hearing about any over that way? Not over by me. Uh so I'm way, way over on the east, over kind of like on the uh, front. Like uh, I've got a brother-in-law and sister-in-law that live 40 miles from the Rocky Mountains, and they get them in there. Well, when I lived over there too in Shota, we had some in town for a little bit. They shut down the town for them. Uh, and they're kind of – you kind of hear of them here and there further east. Like every now and again, uh, Haverish area, they'll – You'll hear a rumor of it, but I haven't really seen any pictures of it. But there'll be one over there. But they haven't made it as far east as us. Um, I know that every now and again we'll get, like, black bear uh, 
over North Dakota, just east of us a bit, they'll see them coming down from Canada. But as of right now, no real bears of any species, as far as I know, have been around here. We get mountain lions every now and again, but that's about it. All right. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Well, we can uh, talk big game and then here on, on the next next chat. Yeah. If you want to do another one here in the future, I'm more than happy to talk full big big game with you. And hopefully we won't be on such a time crunch as we were tonight. It's kind of weird with all this traveling I had to do and the way things lined up. Right. I understand. That's not a problem. Yep. Nope. That's how things how things go. Yeah. So, so well, thanks thanks again. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, before you go, do you want to give the people some info on how they can go about ordering stuff and where they can find you guys, where they can follow you, all that? Sure. We're on Instagram and we're on Facebook. And uh, you can our website is uh, BigAlsDecoys.com. And uh, we'll uh, – we can – Call me at the office or email me as well at afalken at albertinc.com. Glad to uh, answer any of your questions or phone calls and uh, you know, look forward to providing you some great quality silhouettes. Yeah. I guess one quick thing before you take off. Um, you're part of this giveaway that was just announced. It would have been Friday, today, Sunday that we're recording this. Uh, you're throwing in five dozen uh goose silos in a bag uh thank you right. so much for throwing that in um is it just going to be the five dozen pack or what what were you thinking there it's the x14 pack so it's a five pack of x14s it's actually it's actually 70 total forms so uh and the and the decoy bag that holds those so perfect yep well thank you so much for uh everything you've done thanks for coming on and uh, we'll definitely get you back on in the near future here and talk some big game stuff. We're rolling into all of the hunting seasons here, so we've got a lot of right. a lot of cool things about to start, and everybody's excited. Uh, that's for sure. Yep, new season coming on. It's looking forward to it. We'll see what uh, see what this year brings. Yep. All right. Well, thank you, and you have a great night. Thank you, Garrett. Appreciate it. Thanks very much. Yep. Bye. Bye. All right, we are going to draw the winner for the week two prize for the Waterfowl Gear Giveaway. Uh, week two here is the Deuces Duck Call from Pacific Custom Calls. Uh, to help me out with this one, my son Briar, he's going to draw a number out of the hat. And we're going to count it down here on the list. And to wins this, so Briar, pull one out of here. Okay, what do you got? What number is that? Can you say it? Okay, show me it then. Number 28. Okay, count this out. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28. Rachel Rosie. Rachel Rosie, you are the winner of the Deuces Duck Call from Pacific Calls. I'll, uh, give you a message on instagram in the morning uh thanks for in for signing up next week we have some rigs from uh, easy deeks so good luck to the rest of you on the rest of this and uh, again rachel I'll reach out to you and get you linked up with the guys from pacific calls and we'll get the call headed your way 
Uh, we'll see you guys on the next one.